Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX, and I am joined by my occasional vice mayor of PHNX, my friend, my co-host, the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Am I only occasional now? Is that, uh, is well, that what happened? Yeah. We have other duties. You and I have other uh, other, other commitments. We have other... That's fair. Uh, basically other things that... that require our time our, our attention so we can't be the mayor and the vice mayor all the time uh there's just there's the occasional times where we are and occasional i times just when we're i just figured this was payback for for me doing a a collaborative piece with uh, our buddy patrick lyons over from dnvr i wasn't sure if this was uh <laughs> no this isn't payback you're dead to me you're dead okay, to me okay. because <laughs> you have partnered with patrick and then he's calling you guys the mega powers like what like you're macho man randy savage and i'm not like like as if i'm gonna accept that laying down bullshit bullshit but anyway uh this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings sportsbook app of course this weekend is ufc 272 and you need to get down on the DraftKings sportsbook official sports betting partner of the ufc uh they have a knockout offer for new customers use our code of PHNX bet just $1 on the main event between Covington and Masvidal and get your $100 in free bets instantly, no matter what the outcome is of that fight. So get over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and get down on the main event of UFC 272. Jesse, we have some fighting going on, I suppose. Uh, Things are definitely uh, turning aggressive, yet somehow John Heyman is still optimistic about this entire situation coming out today from the CBA negotiations. It started uh, with a pretty bleak uh, tweet from Evan Drellick uh, from uh, the, the athletic who tweeted out that MLB today indicated a willingness to miss a month of games and took a more threatening tone than yesterday. Sources briefed on day on the day's meetings between MLB and the players association. Tell me so. Essentially, it started out very contentious with the uh, MLB being very forthright about the fact that they have no problem missing games this season. Something that is no surprise to us or the players. We kind of knew that they were holding this season hostage up to this point. We knew that they wanted to force players into a situation where now uh, they have to decide if they want to keep fighting or if they want to potentially miss one sixth of their salary for the 2022 season and possibly more. It's uh, it is sort of what we expected, right? Uh, I saw someone tweet, uh, forgive me, I don't remember exactly where this came from, but you'll find it on Twitter. It was trending today. Um, someone said that sources indicate that a deal could be struck on February 29th. Do you, do you <laughs> get it, Derek? <laughs> I do. That's a great joke. That's a great it's a joke. Great, it's a great uh, joke. You'll, way, find, you'll find this my, tweet on Twitter. Shout out to my friend who actively uh, got married on the leap year just so he wouldn't have to celebrate his uh anniversary regularly i'm talking about you jared uh and yeah no, i'm not gonna <laughs> let you slide without publicly shaming you for your decisions that's anyway, a big that's a big money saver right it really um, is an anniversary he, I mean, every four years you do it up big him, a little bit more make a lot when, of sense. It, when it comes yeah. what's that they, well, they you don't could have just... to do do something big but whatever you don't have to do it big all the time right uh, yeah. yeah or whatever maybe just not be uh a, uh, that kind of person jared i'm still pointing at you anyway mlb uh i have no idea what they're what what's going on because for some reason tonight on the mlb network john Heyman was at the uh at the negotiations in jupiter florida 
he said that they were still negotiating late on Monday. So this was about an hour or so ago, which would have been about 6, 7-ish p.m. Uh, on uh, Eastern, and they were still negotiating, which I, I, I take it as a positive sign. They've said often that once they start working into these late hours and extending the negotiations far beyond what they have previously, that at, at the very least, you can feel like there's some progress being made due to their commitment to talking with one another, right? But that still doesn't, I mean, I, I still don't know what J- John Heyman is basing his yeah. optimistic approach on saying on the MLB network tonight that he feels like uh, he, he was optimistic that a deal could be done today or tomorrow. Can it, I, can I propose a theory on this? Let's go. Cause I, I think this is fascinating. So, so people might remember about uh, two months ago, news came out that MLB network was dropping Ken Rosenthal as a correspondent because of past criticism of Rob Manfred of baseball's commissioner. And we've, we've joked numerous times on the podcast about the kinds of articles you'll find over on MLB.com about this situation, just blasting the player's position, uh, you know, and, and, and acting as if the owners are just on the right side of, of these negotiations all the way. Right. I, I believe I've called it propaganda is exactly propaganda. how I labeled a lot propaganda. of the MLB.com that's, articles by our that's friend. That's the Mark word. Heiser. That's the word. And, and MLB network of course is directly affiliated with major league baseball. And so it's not necessarily surprising to see someone go on MLB network and have a very overly optimistic and potentially unrealistic take on what's happening right now. And I think it's interesting. We haven't really seen John Heyman tweet publicly about that optimism. His public tweets have kind of been pretty similar to what everyone else has said. Um, and yet on MLB Network, uh, like you're saying, he's come out and, and been very optimistic about things. I have to wonder how much the outlet that he's reporting for has to do with that. That's a fine point. I will say that I give MLB Network a lot of credit because I don't feel like they're MLB.com. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, I did see a lot of defending of the owners. I saw a lot of, you know, uh, talking about like players realizing the owners aren't out to get them as much as they are. But really... Are, are they not? Is this not? Has this not become contentious? Is it not about the fact that we've seen, or or, or uh, apparently, baseball profits are up over the last twenty years, but we haven't seen players really get that increase in salary, aside from the superstars out there that that get those huge contracts that kind of make the headlines, right? Those huge contracts are why people have this impression of MLB and its players all being so rich and that this is some sort of battle between billionaires and millionaires. I saw a tweet today that said 71% of MLB players make below a million dollars per year. I understand that to a lot of, again, us, you're going to bring in the fact that you make a million dollars a year or close to it. And it's going to, you're going to have a hard time selling a lot of normal people on that, not being a lot of money. However, in the grand scheme of things, when we're talking about profits, when we're talking about uh, the, the the increase in revenue for baseball over the past 20 years, it, it, it coincides with the fact that players should be getting paid more than that. And there shouldn't be such a substantially large portion of their of their players receiving that amount of money or less. And that's yeah, that's honestly how it feels again, though, the the fact that there are that other what 29% of players that make over a million dollars per year, those, the, the stories of their contracts and how big they are kind of get, you know, 
blown up so big, they become such a story that that's all people think of. Like, they're like, wait, didn't some guy just get paid like $500 million for like 14 years? It's like, yeah, but that was one guy. Like, it's not like, right. like they paid that and then decided everybody is getting, you know, all this money or something. It's just one headline grabbing, you know, acquisition or contract uh, versus the huge amount of players that are part of baseball that don't get paid anywhere close to that kind of salary. And it's not just 71% that make under a million it's 66% make less than 600k yeah uh, I think I found the tweet bigger, it's yeah. it's Ben right. it's Ben Verlander who put that out that's right and, that and yeah right. we you're so right we have this picture in our heads of you know all the very very well-paid superstars that doesn't really tell the story of you know the the full gamut of major league baseball players there's there's a lot of players in this game and we also have to consider the baseball players their career only lasts like we talked about it yesterday, right? Like for a lot of guys, it's only a couple years, you know, it's, it's right. really hard to have longevity in this league. And so, you know, we're not talking about a million dollar salary for 50 years, right? Obviously for, uh, you know, for superstars, you know, maybe they find deals on TV or whatnot after, after their playing career, but that's not the case for everyone. Um, so I think it's important to, to, to realize that as we think about this. Uh, I, you're absolutely right. And and I think the other thing, too, about baseball is that we in the past have kind of suggested there's the possibility that we could see players play overseas. We could see players play for other uh, leagues and such, whatever, that they might be able to figure out just so that they're playing baseball competitively against other baseball players and not just uh, organized backlot games or some sort of workout or something that they're doing right today just to add fuel to the fire, uh, MLB players have been very active on social media with the, the information that came out from the CBA negotiations. And Bryce Harper uh, tweeted or uh, put on Instagram a photo of him uh, in a Photoshopped uh, jersey of the uh, Yamuri, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Yamuri Giants, which is in Tokyo. Uh, and he said, hey, Yamuri Giants, you up, got some time to kill. And then the more troublesome <laughs> the more troublesome part of the image like that was just kind of a shit post right that was kind of like just like hey man just to remind you we'll go play elsewhere but then down in like little print on the instagram image it said i know you got boris corpse number scott boris's number let's talk with some fire emojis next to it and that like that's the part that when i see that little part of the image i'm like maybe Maybe he means he this. Serious? Like, maybe <laughs> like, like I mean, it really takes that next level when they start. Like, it's one thing to subtweet. It's one thing to kind of put that out there just to remind, like MLB and the owners and everybody that that's an option for for these guys. I don't know even if it is. Like, I don't know if Bryce Harper has something in his contract that says he can't go play for another team. I imagine he does, but contracts are nothing right now because baseball doesn't have a deal, so players can kind of do what they want right now, right? Like. A player could go be on Dancing with the Stars or some shit right now, and they really couldn't do anything to stop them. They have no control over them other than the PA or their agent maybe suggesting it's a bad idea, but they really can't stop them the way that teams would have control over stopping these guys from doing something when baseball is in contract, right? Like, this is completely uh, free period for these guys. We already talked about how many drugs they could do because there's no drug testing policy right now. They could do all the drugs, <laughs> all the drugs they want. Um, but 
uh, again, talking about, like, do you put any stock in that before we move on? Do you put any stock in Bryce Harper putting this image up? Or do you think that this is just kind of an attention-grabbing move, something to kind of stir conversation and just remind people that this might actually be an option when he doesn't really plan on pursuing it? I I would be shocked if any big name players actually. I mean, of Bryce you're talking, Harper, you're Calibre, talking, right? yeah, of Bryce Harper. I mean, you're talking about Japan, right? I mean, this isn't just like a spur of the moment decision. Like, I'm just gonna pick up and and go to Japan and and start playing games there. Um, I think what you're seeing right now is just a lot of players taking to social media to try to uh, make their voices heard. I, I saw a pretty fiery tweet from Jamison Tyone uh, earlier in the day as well. Uh, there's just been a lot of that lately, and um, and it's hard to fault the players for doing that, right? I mean, they're the ones who have uh, really the the voice that they can make public. You're not going to hear from owners on Twitter very much, um, but players have a platform there, and they have a sizable audience, and and you know more power to them to try to use that for everything that they can. It's the same way that fans have access to the players, really, but not the owners as much, right? Because the players are out right. there. The players are on social media. Players are tweeting stuff. I'm sure even when a player tweets something, even if it's not as aggressive as what Bryce Harper tweeted out or put on his Instagram, I'm sure if they say anything that they probably get dozens of responses to them, blaming them for this situation, yeah. right? telling them like, get back to work or some ridiculous response. When in reality, that's, not what's going on and the manipulating really here is by MLB. And, you know, honestly, it's kind of weird because even blasting MLB for me personally feels kind of hard. MLB has been very good to me. MLB has given me my career. The Arizona Diamondbacks helped give me my career in doing this. Other teams, other organizations and other sports, they're not as accommodating to a small publication like they were to the website I originally came up working for. So it there's times where it, it even pains me to be bashing MLB, but I don't feel it's bashing. I feel like it's really just like looking at the two sides and, and trying to be objective here, but seeing where one side is trying to play this game, right? I mean, I get that the players are asking for things that haven't never existed. That's the point of a negotiation, though, is bringing new things that are important to you, something that's been bothering you for a long time, something that's been a pain point for your union since the last time a labor deal was put together. Now we're at a point where these things need to be resolved or addressed in some way. We need to figure out what is possible, what isn't possible, what owners aren't willing to work on, you know, and we're really just, we're not getting closer to anything. We're not getting to a point where they're like, all right, well, we see your point on expanded playoffs and we agree with that. We don't want to do the pool, but we will give a uh, minimum salary. You know, we'll give you the minimum salary that you want. You know, we don't want this, but we will do this. Like that's the part that's really frustrating me because the two sides are so far apart on something uh, on some of these things that they're mil they're moving at micro amounts and it just doesn't ever feel like they're going to arrive at any point where they can see eye to eye on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, just, like it really feels like they need to decide on what they're what they're going to fight for at this point what they're not uh, like i said yesterday though i'm so tired of even talking about this i'm tired of talking about the lockout and trying to predict where this is going to go this entire thing yeah. has just been exhausting i can only imagine being a part of it as 
you know, especially involved in the negotiations as a player representative, or even honestly on MLB side where you're not an owner and you're not a person that's really involved with making these decisions, but you still have to be a part of these exhaustive negotiations that seem to be going nowhere. Well, and can you imagine, like, I know it's very hard to have any sympathy for Rob Manfred in a time like this, but I mean, he has to find a way to get a majority of votes from the owners, right? right? And in a group of owners who have very, like the, the Dodgers owner has a very, very different set of goals than the Tampa Bay Rays owner, right? And the Diamondbacks owner. And the Diamondbacks owner, like, like Rob Manfred as much as he hasn't handled this situation well, and I and I don't want to make it sound like he has, right. his job is very difficult in this situation, it, bordering on impossible. Just given the, um, just given how forceful the owner side has been on getting some of these things that they want. And the other thing I'll bring in here real quick because I know we want to move on to things that are not lockout related, for goodness sakes. Um, but the one thing I want to bring in here is that. I don't know if delaying the season, if if lost games is as big of a threat to players as Major League Baseball wants us to believe it is. Uh, they have, from what I can tell from the things that I read earlier today, the players union has basically been saving away a very sizable stash of money. Correct. Yeah, we, we, ta- we talked about that not too long ago that they were about to start cracking into their essentially right. their nest egg for this entire situation. Right, exactly. And so the the reality of that is only going to increase, you know, their their solidarity in this situation. They are in no rush to cave to what the owners want here. Um and so unfortunately what that means for us as baseball fans is I don't know when I don't know when this thing is going to end. I mean it really it really could drag on for quite a while because one of these sides is going to have to blink and whichever side it is, is going to probably wind up as the loser in this negotiation. And I don't think either side is anywhere close to that point right now. It's an irresistible for- force versus an immovable object right now, Jesse. And it doesn't feel go. like it's going anywhere. Uh, and again, when you talk about the solidarity um, and how long this is going per Robert Murray on Twitter, uh, the MLBPA has organized a fully staffed stadium and facility for players to train in Mesa, Arizona. I'm guessing like it can't be at one of the spring training. So it couldn't be Sloan park, right? Like it would have to be an independent, not park, not associated yeah. with baseball, but According to the this tweet, the MLBPA has organized a fully staffed stadium and facility for players to train in Mesa, Arizona, according to sources familiar with the situation. So this uh, is the part where where we send you to drive around Mesa, Arizona. I'll find it. To- <laughs> you think I won't find it? I'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. Just give me like give me one Circle K uh, convenience store clerk that wants to talk about the players that he saw come through there in the morning, and uh, I'll find it in no time. I will say that it it this doesn't surprise me. Uh, today I was out at the Diamondbacks minor league mini camp again. Yes, uh, and it was another day of uh, of everything feeling right. You know, of everything feeling like uh, oddly, it just felt like there there was no lockout. That there was not. You know, it just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. For a lot of these minor league guys, that's exactly what they want that's how they want them to feel. They want them to be at a facility training, but we talked to Slade, uh, Ciccone, by the way, not Ciccone as much as I want to make it that, uh, but Do we, we have Ciccone. official confirmation from, no, you know, we don't because, uh, Casey from the diamondbacks 
confirmed to my face that it was Sacconi, like almost with an S. Okay. And I told him about the uh, fall league announcer that was really Italian that was just peppering it up. Uh, and then the other, uh, the newer uh, PR guy came over to us to grab us to take us over there. And he said it, Chaconi. So I was like, hey, this is not <laughs> helping me at all. This stuff. But that's funny. He, he made a mention of it. And I honestly, I know a lot of guys don't. I know it's not something that really, I guess they think about or really just take a moment to kind of express how much gratitude they have. But he, he made a couple of mentions about what an amazing beautiful facility it is for them to train in at salt river fields and to have the the you know just that ability to be there versus you know and he didn't reference the major league players but he was just saying versus their other options and other things they've done like training in the parking lot of a of a motel and some of the stuff that they've done because they have to during the season uh it's it's not a very glamorous season as we've talked about for the minor league guys and they don't exactly have like access to great nutrition and great ability, you know, great facilities to work out at when they're in the middle of their minor league season. So, uh, you know, it, it's one of those situations where at least for Slade, he was acknowledging how, you know, how grateful he is to be working out at a facility like that. It's just something that makes me think about with the major league guys. And again, going back to what you said about Rob Manfred, having such a, a difficult, you know, being in such a difficult position, you, you're, you're not wrong. However, with that being said, he's also the person with the power to change that. He's also the person with the power to end the lockout and say that he's doing it for the good of baseball. And the commissioner has that power and the commissioner can still proceed with last year's, uh, the previous CBA until a new one has been decided on. So as right. much as all of this seems like just a, a like, oh man, this is such a shitty situation that nobody can get us out of because we're just stuck in this now. It's not. It could end tomorrow. It really could. It could end Friday. It could end with a federal judge intervening because the government eventually gets sick of this shit. And that could also happen if this drags on and we see games canceled. The other weird thing about it is don't the players have to agree to games being canceled? Can't, can't like, can major league just make that call? I remember that the players were offering up the double headers and other things that they could do to make up these games. And it just seems so weird to me that there's no involvement of, the players association or the union on, on that call about whether or not they're going to make up games. Yeah. I, the thought of, of making up games is interesting. Um, I think there's an, an added concern right now about player health, just given what we saw with the pandemic season, like you have to be pretty careful about getting guys to ramp up quickly and maximizing the number of games played. It's dicey territory. And I think even the owner side understands that too. So so well, the we'll, players we'll are the ones that want to, they want that. They don't want to miss games. So they're right, saying if this right. drags on and things have to change as far as the schedule goes, doesn't mean we have to lose games. It just right. means they need to be rescheduled. And the players or the owner's side very much does not see that right now. But uh, again, you can actually get some more information about this um, over Judas Friedman over, I mean, Jesse Friedman over here wrote an article uh, with our friend Patrick over at DNVR that you can get on gophnx.com. It's an amazing article. It's called On the Corner, uh, and it's going to be a new monthly piece that you can get over at both DNVR and gophnx.com about uh, Jesse and Patrick apparently meeting on the corner of their respective states for a discussion on the latest news in the world of baseball. And this infuriates me. They just completely left me out of this entire thing. (laughs) 
I guess I uh, am not. My opinions aren't valid enough as the mayor of PHNX to provide them here, but whatever, I get it. Uh, And go check that out over at gophnx.com and then let Jesse know what a mistake he made uh, by not including me on on all of this. And then yell at Patrick for Patrick's trying to come between Jesse and I, and I don't like that either. (laughs) um, But go sign up if you haven't already to become a member at gophnx.com. Get your annual membership and you'll get a free t-shirt over at phnxlocker.com. Pick out whatever shirt you want. They're beautiful. They're well-fitting. They are comfortable as hell, and you will enjoy them very much. Uh, If you're not interested in all of that soft, uh, just warm goodness that our T-shirts can provide, uh, you can also get the month-to-month option, and you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. That doesn't mean you still can't buy a T-shirt, though. You can still buy a T-shirt. You're just not going to get a free one for the month-to-month thing. But if you'd want to do the free T-shirt, get the annual. Stick around with us for a while. Become a member of our family. You'll get members-only discounts over at the phnxlocker.com, as well as access to our members-only Discord, uh, where our wonderful PHNX Diamondbacks fans help us even plan this show. Because we want to know what you guys want to hear us talk about, uh, especially if it's not lockout-related. We'd love to talk about stuff that's not lockout-related. Unfortunately, uh, we don't get an opportunity to do that very much these days. Hopefully, we will soon, though. Now, moving on, we had another, uh, I, I don't want to call it an argument, but I guess things uh, going bad, another partnership turn, as Derek Jeter has decided to mutually part ways with the Miami Marlins as the CEO and, and shareholder. Uh, I, I blame you for this, Jesse, because you talked about how much you like their jerseys yesterday, and I think that that had some sort of impact on this entire situation. But per report, their jerseys and so Derek, it has nothing Derek to do with Jeter that. Was like, I have, I have to resign immediately. Yeah. <laughs> some, some guy from Arizona is complimenting yeah, our uniforms. Get me out of here. We have obviously made mistakes, but uh, no, per reports, it was due to the organization's reluctance to improve the team through free agency. He was also on his final year of a five year deal. Uh, with a five-year plan that he had in place, and apparently the Marlins weren't going in the same direction as Derek Jeter. Uh, I kind of think it's a bit of a bummer, uh, even though I'm not typically rooting for the success of other teams that aren't the Arizona Diamondbacks. I did feel like the Marlins uh, had started to gain some momentum, and I I wonder how this is going to impact them going forward. I thought it was really interesting to see, uh, did you see Justin Turner uh, give his hot take on this Derek Jeter situation. No, I did not. Yeah, so so Justin Turner tweeted this today, um, and we're recording on on Monday evening. Of course, you all are listening to this probably on Tuesday. Uh, but this is what Justin Turner said. He said, "Hot take. My sources, common sense, and reading in between the lines tell me that one of our game's greatest champions, Derek Jeter, is stepping away from a team with one of the best young pitching staffs in the game because ownership isn't committed to winning and spending." Um, and Justin Turner did did also mention that he hasn't had any direct conversations with Derek Jeter himself about the situation. Um, but there is uh, likely some truth to this. Uh, Derek Jeter's commented about how his vision for the future of the franchise didn't seem to align um, with some of the people that he was working with. Um, and, and it seems pretty reasonable to believe that uh, the financial situation in Miami was tied to that. We all know they haven't been a team that has spent a whole lot of money in recent years. Right. Well, when they do, they don't spend it necessarily on the right way. I guess you could say they don't really reward their young talent that have come up and proven themselves to be. Well, just think about how many, like they've just traded away. I mean, Christian Yelich and it's either trading away or letting them walk away. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's incredible the amount of talent that they get or, or that they trade away. They do it typically before they have a chance to come up for free agency so that they get something in return. And right. that something in return continues to uh, have returns, right? It continues to regenerate their farm system. It continues to keep them productive with young players and, and young pieces. And it also keeps them free from having to make this decision when a guy is a free agent and it's time to decide if they want to walk or not. Right. It's, mm. it's weird because on one hand, the Marlins have two world series, uh, which are more than a lot of teams have. And the Marlins also have kind of almost built a business model around this. It's not good for baseball. It's not good for players, but at the same time too, they're, they know what they are. I don't think their fans expect more than that. I don't think their fans expect them to go out and get big free agents and make any kind of big moves like that. I also don't think that they're the only team in baseball that does it. I think that they're, you know, what they're doing is similar to the Astros success. I think the difference was the Astros had a significant number of, you know, maybe like the Diamondbacks, right? They had a significant number of young players come up all at the same time. And they, they, that allowed them to build a nice core add some pieces to it and have their big league team be successful for more than just a year or two. Like the Marlins have experienced with their spurts. Joel Sherman uh, tweeted her Derek Jeter believed going into the lockout that there would be another 10 to 15 million that the Marlins would spend on the 2022 roster. And that strategy evaporated during the lockout. Right. And that's the thing is, is when you feel like you have one of the best pitching cores, young pitching cores in baseball, that's, that's the key, right? Like we've talked about that. We've talked about the phases that a team is in. And Derek Jeter believes that team is in a, that, that the Marlins right now are in a deeper phase than the Marlins organization themselves believe that they're in. Right. Yeah. Derek Jeter feels like now is the time that you supplement these young, talented players with superstars. Not a lot, you know, again, maybe two free agency acquisitions that can just help improve the offense a bit and make it a more well-rounded team two free agents that bring in experience that the young players might not have uh, playoff experience, you know, just experience in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, even that's why even my plan to fix the diamondbacks seems so far fetched, not because of the money, not because of spending the money, just because I don't believe that they're in as good of a position as like the Marlins are in to add those free agents and have them be the, the, the thing that gets them over the hump to being a contender, you know, the Diamondbacks just aren't there yet with a core, but right. they easily could be by the end of this season. That's that's how fast things can move in baseball. Marlins, they've, they've moved pretty fast, especially in Derek Jeter, Jeter's tenure as CEO. I can only imagine how frustrated he is with being so close to success and not having that, yeah. that desire to win be reciprocated by the organization. Well, they have Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, and Sandy Alcantara, which is a pretty dynamic front three for i mean there are not many front three starting pitchers in a rotation that i would take over that group right there so correct especially yeah, with their youth yeah their offense is rough uh last year sure. they had the worst team ops in baseball so right, right um so they they have a lot of work to do but yeah i mean i mean Derek jeter's position here makes sense if you have another 15 million that you can spend you couldn't you can improve a league worst offense even with that amount of money, uh, you know, just with, you know, the Isdrubal Cabrera's of the world and, and you know, veteran guys who come in and, and generally are pretty solid at what they do. 
And it really doesn't make sense for the Marlins not to be willing to go that direction. Right. And then it also doesn't make sense for Derek Jeter to give up before the lockout without actually seeing what they would do once we're back to baseball, seeing who's available. Maybe things change. The only thing that 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 what what I believe is he must have had some pretty concrete conversations that with with people in the organizations that said we are not going to spend anymore. You know, yeah. what we have is where we're at. We're not, you know, like maybe you can pick up a seasoned veteran guy for a mill or two a year, you know. That's that's it. But we're not letting you go all crazy with the remainder of this budget that we have. And that's the part that, you know, obviously it was a it, it was a non-negotiable for Derek Jeter as far as what they needed to do. And I, I understand he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that needs this level of frustration. Right. That This guy's won multiple World Series. He has a great career. Uh, I mean, he's even arguably uh, thought of much better than his stats back up right like Derek Jeter's like a god of baseball in a lot of people's eyes oh yeah but then when you start looking at some of the stats yeah you could you could poke holes in in how great <laughs> of a player he was the big deal here is is that I just can't imagine dealing with this level of frustration anymore after being a player and after playing your whole life in the sport Jeter must really love it you know to to have done it for the period of time he did and I even remember a period where uh, people were questioning, you know, his success as the CEO of that franchise didn't do so bad. He really got them into a good place. It just seems like they don't want to commit to making that final step. And that's the part where I think baseball players in this league are sick of teams that don't want to do that. Look how close you are to being good. Why don't you want to be good? Why don't you want to be competitive? Why don't you want right. to win your division? Why don't you want to do these things? So you just throw your hands up. But uh, just a reminder to keep the lights on around here we need you guys to check out DraftKings Sportsbook uh, and it's for you it's more for you than it is for us but right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook they have uh, for new customers that amazing deal I addressed earlier uh, where new customers can use our code of PHNX bet just one dollar on the main event of UFC 272 and get one hundred dollars in free bets no matter what whether it's a first round knockout majority draw double knockout resulting in a no contest ruling i don't even know like that like as if that could happen i would love to see it and if it does it doesn't matter you get 100 in free bets no matter what the outcome is DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want and don't forget they are an official sports betting partner of the ufc download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code phnx throw down just one dollar on the main event and get 100 in free bets no matter what happens in the fight that's code phnx this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over only, Arizona only, gambling problem, dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit required, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And Jesse, I might have messed up. Um, we might need to, I know this is an audio podcast, but I might need to throw that Derek was wrong graphic up. I was part of the movement telling people to cancel their MLB TV subscriptions because I did not trust what the folks over at MLB TV were going to do with your money. Uh, and apparently today they came out and addressed this because I'm guessing this has not been good for them. I'm not the only person that's been saying this. And I know there's a lot of people that have been on board with canceling their subscriptions. Uh, the update from MLB TV is that MLB TV and MLB audio subscription renewals uh, they will not bill for 2022 subscriptions today, meaning Monday, February 28th, which is the day that they were supposed to uh, bill for the season. Uh, notification about renewal will occur once a new CBA is in effect. 
All current subscriptions will remain active until then. Subscribers, check your email for important updates. So I would love to know because I didn't actually have a subscription or cancel mine, but uh, I would love to know if if people uh, that did cancel got any kind of email, you know, maybe trying to talk them out of it or welcome them back or if this impacts that in any way, shape or form. Obviously, they say all current subscriptions will remain active until then. So that means uh, if you just maybe canceled auto renewal, you still have your subscription. But uh, definitely a wise move, something that, uh, to be honest, in my opinion, MLB TV should have gotten out in, uh, in front of a bit earlier than doing it on Monday, February 28th, which was the day that they were set to bill. I think with all of this going on, probably should have addressed it about a week ago or so but at least they've addressed it <laughs> I, I really have to wonder how much the social media outcry that we that we talked about on the show yesterday had to do with this like would they have done this if there wasn't so many people talking about it as there point. were yeah. and um but yeah i mean they re- they made the right choice um we were talking before the show about how it does it does worry me that major league baseball is is acknowledging the fact that a deal might not happen soon. And this, that's yeah, why they feel the need to take care of this and not charge. Like, like if there was going to be a deal tomorrow, like, would this really be necessary? Right. Like there wouldn't really be any changes. And I, I don't think that's necessarily uh, necessarily a huge factor, but, um, but it's interesting to say the least. Definitely not as optimistic as John Heyman is over at MLB network for sure. Uh, but yes, no, you're right. And I think, the first thing you said was probably more accurate. This is probably uh, a step that they took to address uh, this outcry on social media about canceling your MLB TV. But again, it's something that uh, you, you you had to know you had to address at some point as a, a subscription service that carries MLB games. You had to know you had to address it, especially considering people were about to be charged for it. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I, I just, I thought, I think it's terribly short-sighted. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how many people, you know, actually renew those subscriptions whenever the day does come. Like how many people is, is baseball going to lose from this whole ordeal? Um, because we've talked about it. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not going to be zero. There are going to be some people who, who kind of move on from the game, at least for a time, because of everything that's happened over the last 90 days. And and hopefully for baseball, I mean, this sport, Derek, is not in a position to, to be taking chances like this with its fan base. I mean, we're talking about uh, a 37-year low in attendance numbers. We're talking about decreasing TV ratings. Like, this sport is not in a position to be taking those kinds of risks right now. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's just the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. And I mean, it doesn't help that we not only cover it as our jobs, but we love it as fans. We love this sport. We want baseball to be there. I had such great feelings today watching an inner squad game between Diamondbacks minor league players. I saw Dan Straley pitching to Corbin Carroll and, you know, it got the, hairs on the back of my neck standing up right like it was great to see baseball and i feel privileged that i at least get to go out and watch this like i get to see something i i I get to fill my soul up with baseball by being out there they had several inter 
squad games going on at the same time. So I got to like just bounce back and forth from one field to the next, seeing the future of this team pitching against the future hitters of this team. It's it's something that we are all being robbed of right now by spring training not taking place. Today, Jesse, I pulled up the spring training calendar for some reason, and they just they have all the games up through March 5th canceled. And it's just a it's just a it's gross so word to see next yeah. to the games. Just just canceled all over the place. Uh I just want it to be over. And I know baseball players do. I know honestly, even owners do. Like you said, the doesn't it's not all the owners that feel this way. And I know uh there's a lot of people in baseball that that want this to be over. I just don't feel like they're thinking about everybody in baseball. And that's the biggest problem here. I don't feel like they're thinking about the amount of people that work at all of these stadiums that will not be working this month. The people that work at the spring training stadiums, the people work at the regular, you know, at at their actual home stadiums. Like there's just such a significant impact here. And it's not just the players and the owners with something on the line. And you're right about the fans, right? Baseball fans. I mean, there's, there's going to be people like we talked about yesterday. There's going to be people that actively don't watch when it comes back out of principle. But more than those people, it's going to be the amount of people that honestly don't care. That's yeah. the saddest part. It's yeah. It's, it's not when people are mad at you. It's when they don't care that you're really in a position of being in trouble. You know, it's it's a different yeah. level when people just absolutely just don't even think about you anymore. You know, you at least want them to be mad because mad shows that they still care about this. Sport, yeah. So. Yeah. The mad fans will be back. It's the it's it's indifference you're right like that's that's really what you're what you're trying to avoid here so for sure we'll see all right well i hope you guys never i i hope we are, are never uh something that you don't think of i hope we're always on your mind we thank you guys so much for checking out the show uh, you can follow us on twitter i'm at cap underscore caveman with a k jesse is at jesse n friedman our show is at phnx underscore dbacks but of course all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook subscribe to us on your favorite audio podcasting app if you're listening to us now please do so if you haven't done so already please leave us a five-star review we would uh, appreciate you and love you for it uh, also subscribe to phnx sports's youtube channel as well as signing up for notifications over there that way you don't miss any of the content coming out from the phnx team we appreciate you guys so much. Make sure uh, to sign up at gophnx.com for membership. Use our code of PHNX over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and that's all we got. Remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when the lockout finally is over.